Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Are you rolling now? Are you ready for this, finally? I am ready. I, it, I wasn't ready the first time around there. So, I'm off today. Yeah, for uh, our Nick, listeners, I, yeah. yeah, we're going we're gonna to give you a, a little pass here because th- you are off um, yeah. and this, this week. And you deserve it because you work really hard. You're one of the hardest workers. Well, I hope you're recording on your end because that's important. Are we rolling yet? Yeah, well, you better be rolling because I don't think we'll get you to say that (laughs) twice. Um, Yeah, you know, really, I just want our boss. I know know that a couple of our bosses listen religiously, and I just want them to know that here I am on a day off, uh, still plugging away. We'll have something in your paycheck for that. <laughs> what another? What are you deduction? drinking today? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, so, so you're off this week. What are you drinking, man? Uh, I just in 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 the spirit of this podcast today, because we're talking about how some of your gifts may not be getting there in time for Christmas, uh, because shipping is a real issue. So I am staying hyper local here. Uh, mm. drinking something from Deep Ellum Brewing Company in Dallas so that I didn't require a lot of trucks to be taken up getting this beer where it needed to go. And I am having, I don't know if you've had it before, the ah. Nito Bandito. I almost bought that. It I is. I almost bought that today. And it, it's great, but I've had it several times. Oh, I've never had it. It's a Czech-inspired Mexican-style lager. Well, I, I'm going to beat you today. Um, I have uh, a beer from Revolver. Yeah. Brewing Company, which is in Granbury, which is what southwest of Fort Worth. Yeah, required another truck to get it where it was going there, Jason. And then my car to get it to my house. But I'm having the the amazing corn dog ale. Oh. This is um <laughs> food on a stick in a can. Wow. And the other side says don't forget the mustard. So I'm not sure what I'm gonna be opening here. I don't know that I would yeah, I don't know that I ever would want to drink a corn dog, but uh <laughs> maybe worth a try. Uh, you've got to take a sip of this and let us know, and you got to be honest here. Revolver will understand if it's not positive. It's not bad. Does I mean, it? I, I was. Does I was it taste like a corn dog? Like a diet coke? Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not that bad. <laughs> but does uh, it, it taste like a corn dog? Can you, it do you have a like hint a of dog. corn dog in there? Maybe a little mustard might might put it over the top, but oh, you know, it'd be good with that. Maybe as a pretzel, big soft pretzel with mustard. Yeah. Yeah. Now maybe we're talking. So. Um, so, uh, so as I already uh, illustrated there, we are talking about shipping today and how it's going to be an issue this year, uh, just because you know everything's been an issue this year. And so early on, you know, we've been reporting this for a little while that you know e-commerce has just exploded. I think that e-commerce I read the other day has expanded to such a capacity that they didn't they didn't expect to expand to this much capacity for four more years. But then the wow. pandemic hit and, you know, everything's been nuts since then. But, you know, e-commerce means that all this stuff has to get to where it's going, uh, the finished product and the raw pieces uh, of those products. And so early on, as we were reporting this, Jason, I kept saying, I'm going to start early this year. I'm going to get my uh, holiday shopping done and over with and out of the way. No drama. 
And so for you, starting early is what, December 10th? The, or, week, or what, before would, the week, the week before would be starting early. Usually it's yeah. a couple of days before. And, it's uh, not like I am. But no, this time I said, I'm, I'm going to get it done like November, uh, 1st of December. I have not even begun. I have no idea what I'm going to get anybody. I have no idea even who I'm going to shop for. Well, you better be shopping for me. Well, we'll see. I'm going to get you a six-pack of Nito Bandito. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take it, man. Done. Um, so, yeah, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who's actually in shipping, and <clears throat> he told me that he's already done his Christmas shopping. This was like a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, are you hmm. kidding me? And he said, yeah, yeah. I said, well, why, why have you done it? He said, because the the supply chain, the the, the trucks and the ships and the, the rail cars, they get your stuff from, you know, overseas markets to or overseas uh, ports to uh, the markets here in, in texas the whole supply chain st- completely stressed right now hmm. i'm like hell man do, i mean it, it, it my are my kids not going to have anything while we going to walgreens to shop for them <laughs> um so I, I said you know hey come come on and be on the podcast today so we have aaron armistead on he is a regional vice president at nfi industries and yeah. nfi industries they, they run um trucks you might have seen their trucks on the freeways um, they have uh, rail cars. They, they, do, they do everything, um, and they do it for a, a lot of companies you've heard of. All right, so Jason, let me tell you about Aaron. If, uh, you know, I, I go to like CNBC and the different uh, like Market Watch to get my, uh, you know, stock tips and things like that. But if I really want to know what's going on with the economy... I ask Aaron Armistead because he knows whether the rail cars are full, whether the warehouses are full. Mm. And we were together when the uh, in mid-March when this whole pandemic blew up. Yeah. And everyone, we couldn't find toilet paper. And I'm like, dude, I don't know how much toilet paper I have at the house. What are we going to do? <laughs> and he said, relax, relax. The warehouses are full. The warehouses mm. are full. I'm like, you know what? I was relaxed after that. So Aaron's on the line with us here. Well, hey, at this point, for- I don't want to talk to Aaron about what we're doing in the podcast. I want to talk to him about some stock tips now that you've <laughs> Dude, mentioned all of that. He, he's my he's my economist. Huh. He, he's the guy I go to. So Aaron's on the line here with us. What's up, man? Hey, good afternoon. So you told me the other day something that that uh, shocked me. And I was like, "Dude, we got to have you on. You said that you've already done your Christmas shopping. And this was like a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. I'm like, that's that's nuts. <laughs> Why? You haven't, you haven't done yours yet? I, dude, I usually wait like to a uh, uh, ten days out. Yeah, I would. I, would I usually wait till about two days out or one. <laughs> so, I, I'll, yeah, hey, uh, yeah, so Whiteley, let me tell you. So in March, I may have said the warehouses were full. The warehouses aren't full right now. Huh. So that. So would what be does that why, mean? That, that would be why. What? So what does that mean then? Well, you know, so if you think back, if we think back, without retelling the whole story of uh, of twenty twenty, when it comes to a uh, you know supply chain perspective. You know, there was the panic buy. You heard the term panic buy. People bought, stocked up. Supply chain wasn't built for that kind of surge in purchasing. Then everybody bought what they need. There was also only so much toilet paper, paper towels, uh, you know, beer and wine that they could really stock in their house. And as things closed down, uh, things sort of stopped, came close to a halt. Then as things have opened back up, a lot of businesses were cautious about restocking their warehouses and their inventory to the same level that they did previously. No one knew it was going to happen. I mean, heck right now as much more that we know about the pandemic and the environment that we're in. There's still big questions left. So think back into April, 
May, the questions that were out there about what the economy is going to do, is it going to be a V-shape, is it going to recover, is it not? And so a lot of businesses didn't have the confidence to go out and buy hmm. and restock their inventories. They let their inventories uh, deplete. Mm-hmm. Let's, let, let's sell what we have, let's be cautious, let's sell what we have. And then things started to open up again. Uh, Americans wanted to go out and spend their money again. Uh, there's certainly been some stimulus involved, obviously, which has uh, you yep. know, greatly buoyed the economy and the individual American consumer. Uh, and you, know, you think about it from areas that Americans have been able to spend their money, entertainment, going out to eat, they've had money for other things. And so now you've seen this whole cycle of uh, some retailers and consumer goods uh, in, in industry not being able to restock their inventories to the level that they want. So, and this has been so, before Christmas, before the peak mm-hmm. Christmas sort of surge. Well, yeah, that's what I want to ask you then. So are you concerned that these warehouses aren't full and you just have done your Christmas shopping now because you're not sure uh, if things will be left? Absolutely. You know, very, yeah, very concerned. I mean, again, you know, we wait till the last, we wait till the last second. You know, you think about to uh, you think about uh, you know the spat between uh, you know FedEx and Amazon. Uh, I believe at the end of two thousand you know two thousand nineteen, mm-hmm. you know Amazon wasn't happy with FedEx's ability to handle its peak season surge, and they they forbid some of their third party sellers from using FedEx ground. Of course, that was after you know FedEx cut you know ended a contract with Amazon, so there's more story there. Yeah. But then, you know, even you could probably go back, it wouldn't take probably but a minute or two to find some stories from previous years uh, when there may have been some real significant growth in e-commerce between, you know, between Thanksgiving uh, and Christmas. And you throw in a, you throw in a, a cold, you know, a snowstorm or an ice storm and, you know, the, the transportation providers can't, you know, can't keep up. So. You know, what we've been talking about here in the Armstead household is, well, okay, let's not wait till the last minute. But then we've been watching this pain, you know, been watching this pain for months and the inability of large retailers, brand name retailers, you know, as much as 40 to 50 percent below normal inventory levels. So that being said, um, you wonder about shipping. So, you know, when we hear that, you know, these warehouses are getting depleted, you think, well, at least, you know, they don't have as much to ship out. So if I wait another couple of weeks, uh, I can buy it and it'll ship on time and all of that. But that's not the case either. Uh, we, we were reading a, a guy named uh, Satish Jindal. Sure. I know uh, Satish. Who works with know Satish. Oh, Satish. Yeah. Okay. Satish. Uh, with uh, Ship Matrix. Yeah. And they track this stuff, and he's looking at, you know, in this holiday season, he says, uh, we're going to ship 3 billion packages just in the U.S., and he's estimating more than 7 million a day uh, of those packages are going to be delayed. They're going to be arriving late. That's a staggering figure when you think about it. So, you know, do do we pay attention to these usual shipping deadlines that we see, or should we be wary and, and, and like you said, get in there early and, and not only buy it, but get it out? Well, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've, we practice what, you know, what we preached here in the Armstead household, and we're done, and we're done. So it's already sent we're, too. We're you done. bought it and it's sent in, it. No, it's in our, it's in the garage. Now we okay. have, we have it, we have it on hand. We have it on hand. So, you know, of course, that you know, we may be able to pick up a thing or two at the store, um, mm-hmm. but so you know, you have, you have the backup that has come from the reopening, and. 
you have the growth in e-commerce and e-commerce just isn't the Amazon truck or the UPS truck that, you know, that, you know, rings and runs, you know, they, they put the package, ring the doorbell and go, it, you know, right. it's back to the manufacturing supplier in overseas, Asia or Europe. It's the limited space on the cargo ships. Hmm. It's the availability of containers uh, to, to even load onto the cargo ships. It's once it hits the port, likely in the West Coast, could be in the East Coast. We're seeing some of the issues in the East Coast too. The West Coast, there's limited real estate. As, as large as the you know, LA, Long Beach port complexes in Southern California, there's not unlimited space there. And everyone uh, really trying to push to get their product imported, you know, in line with this reopening has really created some congestion. So let's say you so get- So when we talk about yeah, packages, yeah. we're thinking about the package that I might send to you, which is the gift I'm giving to you. We're not thinking about the manufacturers having to send to the retailers and having to get it to the place where I buy it Absolutely. from to be able to send it to you. So all of that is backed up right now. You know, the, you know there, could, there's, there, there are container, there is real estate uh, that is full in, in major U.S. ports, there are outside, you know, yards. We call them yards or large parking spaces for containers. You know, there's a port, um, you know, port on the East Coast that that we do a lot of work out of. You know, we had a, a large retailer that you're familiar with come to us and ask us for one additional yard for some for some containers. We now have seven in that one Eastern Coast port. We opened them up within five weeks. So, you know, you multiply that across the U.S., that gives you an idea. So it could be it could be in the U.S. It could be in the U.S. So that's just stuff that's sitting there? Sitting in containers that either needs to be unloaded from those containers and put on a, you know, a, a, a tractor trailer that, you know, we might see driving around Dallas or put on, you know, that container taken and put it on, uh, you know, on the rail. On one of the mm. What would you tell people right now, Aaron, who haven't done the Christmas shopping like me and like and like Wheeler here? Yeah, um, yeah. Is it too late? No, no, it's not too late. It's not too late. So what you have, you know, what you have is you have sort of the confluence of the, you know, of the, of the reopening. Uh, you have the growth in e-commerce, which there's lots of widely, you know, publicized stats out there that, you know, e-commerce is, it has grown just this year, you know, 20%, yeah. uh, you know, beyond what was expected as people have changed their habits over health concerns. Right. So if you take those two items, those two, those two scenarios, and then add a typical holiday shopping season, which happens mm. between that Black Friday and then the week or so before Christmas, that's when I would expect really anything could happen. So I think there's so probably we- probably some time now. Now, you know, the companies that are out there that are primarily servicing that that last mile. Amazon, UPS, FedEx, the Postal Service, they have tremendous networks. They're, you know, highly capitalized, highly adaptable, adaptable businesses. This is not a surprise to them. It is just going to be a real painful challenge. And we've seen, you know, I've seen some notices of surcharges for certain Mm -hmm. types of service. I've seen the removal of some guarantees. Like, you know, usually you could request a guaranteed delivery option, Mm -hmm. not an option. We'll talk about that next year. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be. might have to pay extra for or it, or pay, or pay, or pay extra. Uh, so, 
So if we don't get it done in the next couple of weeks or so, it's going to be uh, uh, gift cards and cash for everyone this year. <laughs> Which may be, you know, may be way people, some people do, some people handle it anyway. Uh, but uh, I find likely, that people's faces light up when you give them cash. You know, though. Wiley, just Wiley this year, don't worry about ordering anything for me. Uh, gift <laughs> cash? card will be fine. Cash, sure, even better. So, so uh, hell, I lost my train of thought now, man. I was trying to think of what I want from you for Christmas. Start, you, work, you work on your list. Yeah, I need to. I'm nervous now that I might not get it done. How likely do you think it is that that there will be delayed packages and and all these millions of packages each day uh, don't get delivered on time? Oh, I think, you know, so, you know, am I the best person to make that kind of statement? But I would say that the conditions are definitely there for for disruption. You think back to. uh, Tell tell me, tell me why you think the conditions are there. Oh, well, so, you know, again, you think, um, you know, you think about what it takes to, you know, to deliver a package. It's not about the, the, the Amazon driver, the UPS driver, you know, you know, working a few extra hours. You know, it's not about the postal service, you know, doing some extra work on, on, on Saturdays. You know, really, you have this sort of unforeseen, you know, unpredictable situation that we've been in. The timing was you know, impossible to predict or plan. And it's going to come to a head here at the end of the year. Sort of have three, you know, it's going back to those three sort of scenarios yeah. that are, are going to, you know, uh, collide with but, each but other. The, the, the bottom line is these, these warehouses, whether it's Best Buy, Amazon, whoever it might be, these warehouses just just don't have enough stuff in the warehouses to uh, be delivered to everyone. So I think they've been able to keep up. They've been able to keep up. They've not been able to reach the level that they want. They haven't been able to gain ground. They've been keeping their head above water, so to speak. And what's going to be interesting is what happens here at the end of the year when it's really a peak a peak time for those consumer goods and people buy. I'm curious, does Texas have any benefit whatsoever just because of its its geography and the fact that you've got some some really big airports here? You've got a big port down in Galveston. Uh, do we have it better than some other places, let's say, that are, you know, interior like a South Dakota, a Kansas, a place like that, uh, as far as being able to get that stuff into the state and get it delivered? Uh, J- I mean, Jason, that's a great point. We, you know, I, I take for granted the transportation infrastructure that we have here in North Texas. I mean, we have it a, a strong and diverse uh, transportation network, and access to it as any place in the country, uh, honestly. So, you know, to that degree. Uh, but we also have a lot of people here, and mm-hmm. a lot of people will be buying a lot of stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, while there's quite a bit of infrastructure there, there are also a lot of people spending money. The economy is, you know, is is really, you know, we have a lot to envy. We have a lot to be thankful for. I should say, you know, relative to some other parts of the country here in North Texas. Um, but, uh, you know, to your point, I could definitely see the farther someone is off sort of the normal route. Absolutely. That would be definitely an elevated risk of delay. And the bottom line is you, you think that when, when I get online, uh, like on, on December 23rd, probably start ordering <laughs> my Christmas stuff, I'm either going to see sold out or I'm going to see, uh, cannot guarantee this will be delivered. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what I would expect. I wouldn't wait that long. 
So is this a good thing? Is this a good thing then for all these manufacturers? Because you heard about how, you know, they were all damaged pretty badly uh, earlier in the year when, you know, basically business just came to a standstill. And we kept hearing about how this holiday they need to do well to be able to make up for a lot of that. Uh, Are they doing well? Uh, Does this mean they're doing well? Or does this mean that they could be doing a lot better if they could get their hands on that product and get it moved out of those yards where it's parked right now? So... You know the large, the large, big box brand name retailers that that we're familiar with had had the investment already made in their e-commerce and their logistics infrastructure, and they're the ones that are going to be most likely to be able to really sort of mm. fight their way through it. For, so it's the little guys who are having trouble. I think that is where you're going to definitely see some challenges there. I think you know if a if a retailer can't get its product to the store shelves, it doesn't matter how much they had to. Spend you know, spend, you know, there's a point where, you know, there was a, a point last, last Friday where we saw a, a you know, some of a typical truck trade route between Southern California and Chicago moving for three times the normal rate. And there were retailers paying it. And you think about that Jeez. cost and, and how that equates to the cost of goods and profit. But if it doesn't get ever get to the store, they're never going to realize any revenue at all from that sale. But so instead of, those are instead people of with the networks. Those are people with the networks. They can yeah. go to that. There are other people who don't have those relationships or don't have the size or leverage, or maybe we're not as invested in developing e-commerce, transportation, supply chain capabilities that are going to feel the most bang. And, and mm. to, to explain that to our listeners, so instead of putting product on rail out of these uh, you know, shipping yards, Long Beach, L.A., you had people paying three times what they normally would pay to put stuff on a truck and to, to drive it from... LA to Chicago? Yeah, I mean, the railroads, in, in a sense, uh, you know, sent messages out there, we don't want anymore. Don't bring us any more business right now. Jeez. We're congested. Wow. And that's not because they want to do that. That's not because they want to do that, but they had no really more capacity available to, to address that. So typically between truck and rail, you know, it, it's really, it's a price point. How much, what's the cost, capacity available, supply and demand dynamics, truck becomes expensive, then rail becomes more attractive because this, the, the transit times aren't, aren't, aren't really that much different different anymore. Mm-hmm. The railroad used to be considerably longer huh. transit times, but but when there's no space left on the rail, you go to truck and, uh, uh, you know, we're seeing, you know, weeks upon weeks of supply demand imbalance. That is fascinating. You never think about something like that when you go onto Amazon to shop for something like how it's going to get to where it's supposed to go. You just wonder like, wait, what do you mean it's going to be Tuesday and not Monday? Like you don't think about all of this. I'm like, I pay for Prime. I want this Uh here. Yeah, an hour. I know every, everybody who pays for Prime uh, almost acts as though they're the only person paying for Prime, <laughs> and therefore it should just be, you should be bending over backwards for me, you know? Oh, yeah. Why not, man? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Aaron, man, I, I appreciate the insight as always. Uh, this is, see why, Jason? This is the guy I go to to find yes. out what's, what's going on. You know, yes. if my 401k is not doing very well, I'm like, Aaron, what's going on? Man? Aaron, what's we're going to have to get Aaron back on, though, to talk about those things, because I think that might even get more listeners because everybody's wondering, you know, what they need to do there. Good stuff, man. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Sorry to be a Scrooge today talking about the... No, you are actually... You're actually like a pair of jumper cables. (laughs) I think you might actually get the two of us started here. (laughs) 
So yeah, Jason, after uh, listening to him there, um, I'm, I'm, I'm newly inspired again <laughs> to shop early, well, somewhat early uh, compared to usual. But it does sound like if you don't get this done soon, uh, yes, you are going to be shopping for your kids at Walgreens this year, uh, a day before Christmas. Oh, Not that there's anything just what wrong I wanted, with Walgreens. Just what I wanted, <laughs> vitamins and, you know... And a lotion. box of Whoppers. Actually, right. you know what? Walgreens, uh, you know, in defense of Walgreens so that we don't make them angry. Uh, and it's not, I'm not pandering in any way. I love Walgreens. I, I could, I, I love shopping in Walgreens. Why are you pandering right now, man? I'm not pandering. I really, and like, if if you ask me, you know, where do you want to, I'll just go to Walgreens. Like, they have everything I need in that one little store, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I've been a Walgreens fan all my life, um, but we're not pandering to Walgreens. Are we being paid by Walgreens? They're not sponsoring this. We podcast, should be. Maybe, at this point. Yeah, maybe they'd like to come on at this point. <laughs> um, but you know, you know, so many of us rely on on what we order from our phones, sitting in the in the in the kitchen or in the living room, thinking, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, my uh, my spouse might like this, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my kids might like this," um, and that is all dependent on whether FedEx and UPS and Amazon can get it to us on time. And after talking right. to Aaron. I wonder if they can. Yeah, so uh, we decided we should probably get UPS on the line here. And, you know, the really cool thing, I think, for a lot of people right now who might be, you know, uh, down on their luck, you know, maybe they've, uh, you know, lost a job in this uh, economy that's been very unpredictable. The good news with all of the backup in supply chain and shipping and all of that is it's creating a lot of opportunity. So there's a lot of challenges there, but there's also opportunity. And we've got jobs being created. I mean, usually they try to have their ducks in a row by now, Jason, as we head into this you know crazy, busy shopping season. They're still hiring like and, and lots of people. Yeah, and a lot of times we get like spokespeople on the phone here for big corporations like UPS. But when we called UPS this time, the HR director said, no, 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 I'll talk to you. Yeah. So we got Milton Bennett here. Hey, Milton, good to see you, man. Thanks for uh, taking time out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jason. Uh, glad it, to be here. Yeah, so so you're the HR director for Texas, for Oklahoma, and for where else? Another state, too, I believe you. No, you no, all of Texas, all of Oklahoma, um, but I'm located right here in, in the Dallas Metroplex. We're trying to give you another state to oversee, Milton. You you ready for another state? <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to promote me live right here on the on the air. But, uh, right, right, Why not, right, man? Right now, considering how busy we're going to be, I'm I'm good with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I bet so. Hey, t- tell us uh, what you guys anticipate, uh, just shipping wise, going into the holiday season here, since we're, we're closing in on Black Friday here. I don't have exact numbers here for the Dallas uh, area, but we do over 20 million packages a day. Um, hmm. you know, nationally. And, and we expect, as always, that number typically will double uh, as we get into the into the peak season. Uh, and you hmm. just nailed it. As we get through the, uh, to Black Friday um, and, of course, that weekend, and we roll right into Cyber Monday, uh, Katie, bar the door. We expect uh, to hmm. see that double-digit growth and, uh, and, and start to really deliver Christmas to our customers. Milton, I think a lot of people anticipated just because this is such a different year with it, you know, being a pandemic and all, and there's a lot of concern about going out uh, so much that there would be a lot of online shopping and this holiday would be unlike any other. But it looks like it's almost shaping up to be even beyond that as far as the number of packages that we're going to be seeing over the next, you know, month or so, month and a half. 
Yeah, no, you're right. So we've already seen uh, peak seasons this year because of the pandemic. We've, we've seen that, that surge, that peak season, an uh, increase in shipping and volume throughout the summer. So we really expect this to be, to your point, a peak within a normal peak, right? Mm-hmm. Compounded by another peak uh, as, mm-hmm. as people really rely upon, um, you know, online shipping, online shopping. And so to that, that, that's one of the reasons why we, as a company, we projected to hire over uh, 100,000 people, you know, mm-hmm. nationally. That's why today, this, this kind of late into the season, I'm still hiring another 1,000 plus jobs right here in the Dallas Metroplex area to get ready for what you're talking about, this uh, additional peak season that's still mounting and that, that's still coming. And so these are jobs that are open right now, Milton, right? And if people are interested in working, give us an idea of what these jobs are and, and how someone who might be listening to the podcast, uh, how they would apply for it or let their relatives know that this is an opportunity available. Yeah, Jason. So so we put on thousands of jobs already. Uh, we still have 1,200 plus jobs remaining. So here in the Dallas Metroplex area, uh, I'm going to just key in on areas like Dallas, Keller, Justin, even if you push up the tollway into to Plano, we're putting on many, many more driver helper positions. Uh, you see those folks riding around with our drivers. Of course, this year they'll all have a mask on. Drivers will will have a mask on. So, so mainly now, driver helper positions are still available, and inside manual jobs inside our warehouses as package handlers are also still available. So we're encouraging everybody to go immediately to upsjobs.com. That's upsjobs.com. Fill out an application for those sites that are are nearest to them. And we're actually having online virtual interviews and Mm -hmm. hiring people right on the spot, Jason. And Milton, do I need a a CDL though to drive uh, a UPS truck? No, no, you don't. And, and well, let me just say this to you. So a lot of what I just mentioned are seasonal jobs, the package handler position and the driver helper position. But we are in Dallas still hiring permanent feeder jobs, tractor trailer jobs, not like the uh, brown package cars behind me, but the big 18 wheelers. Right. So for those, you do need a CDL and those are permanent positions. And we are still hiring for those in Dallas. So please, yeah. Go to upsjobs.com if you have that CDL and apply for those jobs as well. Sounds like you're applying here, Jason. Do you have a CDL? I don't have one. I have a oh. CHL, but not a CDL. It, it's something to think about, uh, <laughs> and, and, Milton. Just so we don't, just so we don't leave anybody out here, because uh, we have you know listeners all around this state, uh, and even in Oklahoma too, where you uh, you oversee that area as well. This is not just a, a thing where you've got some jobs in the Dallas metro area. You're looking uh, all over the place, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great point, Jason. So we're still hiring in Tulsa, Oklahoma City. Uh, Round Rock, uh, mm. right over by Austin. Round Rock mm-hmm. is still a big area where we're putting on a lot of uh, driver helpers and inside manual positions in our warehouse in Round Rock and in the Austin area. So those would be probably our target locations right now, Jason. The Dallas Metroplex area, Plano, Justin Keller, those areas, and then Round Rock, uh, and then our Tulsa and, and Oklahoma City area. 
I want to ask you about this because, you know, we, we know what unemployment has been like. So many people have lost their jobs in this pandemic. Uh, you know, a lot of people in Texas have, have been able to get back to work, but there are still quite a few uh, who are out of the workforce. Uh, how competitive are these jobs right now from, from where you sit? Uh, are you seeing a, a lot of people, are you seeing a lot of demand, basically? Yeah, yeah, good. That's good. But a lot of a lot of people are unemployed now, and need, and that's what makes these jobs so special. I think that we have to offer from a competitive standpoint. You know, talking about wage rates are just the tip of the iceberg, right? Because these jobs range from fourteen fifty an hour to seventeen fifty an hour. Our tractor trailer jobs start at twenty one dollars an hour. Uh, but the pretty cool thing here is we know a lot of people due to the pandemic and due to unemployment are wanting these seasonal jobs to turn into something permanent, right? Mm-hmm. And, and just so you know, about 40% of all of our seasonal jobs uh, segue into a full-time opportunity mm-hmm. as we get into the new year. So we're talking $25,000 educational benefits come with those jobs. We're talking competitive wages. We're talking um, uh, insurance. We're talking uh pension benefits as well. So you have outstanding health care, outstanding pension, educational assistance. So from a competitive wage standpoint, a total competitive compensation standpoint, these jobs do segue into some pretty nice permanent opportunities for a lot of people uh, come, come, come the new year. And I guess part of the reason for that, isn't it, that we are changing as a society. I mean, we we may not see we're going to see this huge number of packages that happen between now and, and, and Christmas. But it's almost like we are our habits are changing and we're just going to keep on ordering online more and more and more. You all just get busier and busier and busier and, and you're going to need those people. Yeah, you you, you just nailed it. We, we don't see this really changing. I think people have figured out um, ways to to be more efficient and effective with their buying and with their shopping uh, habits. We promote a lot from within. So we sort of create our own internal momentum when it comes to opportunities. We hire a lot of students this time of year. Um, A lot of students move on to their field of interest. And uh, so then that creates more additional, you know, uh, opportunities as we replace those students. Uh, people begin to retire, we replace them. And then those brown package cars that you see in my in my backdrop there, most of those drivers come from our part-time ranks because we, we pull and promote from within. Uh, so it's just this cycle where, where we have a unique opportunity to continue to create opportunities for employment uh, for some very good paying and very rewarding job opportunities. Milton, thinking back to March, did, did UPS and did you ever anticipate we'd be in this situation where you're just struggling to hire so many people? Very good question, Jason. I, I don't think anyone foresaw the, uh, the dynamics of it. We do know every year, though, our, our, our seasonal package volume nearly doubles. So... We've been doing this for a while, uh, 113 years, and we have a very good industrial engineering department uh, that looks at the numbers, can, you know, communicates with our customers. So I will say there is some anticipation of uh, what we're going through now, but I think with the pandemic 
and and the changes in uh, shopping habits. Um, for as much as we could plan for it, we only can control what we can control. So mm-hmm. we're ready for it, though. Um, yeah, I think we're ready for it. Uh, the additional job opportunities that we have are, are still there. I think we're going to get those filled, and uh, we're going to really be able to to deliver Christmas to our customers. You, right. you mentioned the numbers there just a moment ago. Can, can, give us some idea of the numbers. Is it a hundred thousand or so seasonal workers that I read that the company wants to hire nationwide? Nationwide, and, Jason, you're right. It's like a hundred thousand nationwide. And, and how many of those roughly are in, in, in Texas and Oklahoma? Two, three, four thousand more than that. What do, what do you think? I'm going to say five to sixty-five hundred uh, mm-hmm. jobs here here in the uh, Red River District, Texas, Oklahoma. Some seasonal, some of those are permanent. Hmm. Wow, Milton, thanks for the time, man. Yeah, no, no doubt, Milton. I hope you haven't jinxed it because you know you see we're we're ready, we're ready. So I hope you haven't jinxed it because those sound like famous last words when we look at this onslaught that's coming. Now we're. I I thank you for the opportunity. We're confident. We're ready to deliver Christmas. We're ready to deliver the holidays. Again, man, he doubled down. He doubled down. He's ready. I'm not shying away (laughs) from it. Uh, UPSjobs.com. We need we need folks to help us get there, but we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready, Jason and Jason. Awesome, Milton Bennett from uh, UPS. Thanks for taking the time because we know it's busy. You've probably missed about uh, 150 messages there on your computer while you've been talking to us. So you know that's. That was encouraging to hear, Jason, the fact that despite the stress on the supply chain, there's a lot of opportunity. There there are, are jobs that will be created here temporarily that will turn into permanent positions. Yeah, that's a big deal, the fact that you Absolutely. can uh, translate that into something that's lasting after we get past, you know, December 25th. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people uh, already have the qualifications, Jason, as you talked about. You know, it's just a regular driver's license uh, to drive those brown trucks. You know, I used to drive a truck like that, by the way. Did you really? Yes. So if they'll let for, me for drive who? one for of those, they'll let anybody. I did it for uh, Mrs. Baird's bread. I used to be a bread no guy. No kidding. Yeah. Stick you shift. You were the bread guy. Stick shift and uh, no air conditioning in Houston. Uh, I bet you were ripe, man. I oh. bet you were just ripe. Yeah, I still can't clean that B.O. off. I used to, uh, you know, I enjoyed a lot. I worked for Office Depot back in the day when I was in high school, and uh, I drove a forklift, and that was, it was fun, but I was always uh, freaked out about changing the big um, uh, fuel tanks on the back of them, because I I can't remember what fuel it was, but it was always like ice cold, Hmm. and I was always nervous about doing that, but (laughs) it was a a lot of fun. (laughs) I I was nervous, for for whatever it's worth. So anyway, so let's get back to uh, what we're talking about here. Bottom line is, I'm going to start shopping for Christmas. Yeah. I'm going to start making some purchases because if my buddy Aaron's already done this yeah. and he sees what's going on, then uh, it's probably good advice to take. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's it's worth saying too that I forget which day it is that comes after uh, Black Friday. I think it might be the Saturday after, is it? That small Cyber business, Saturday? Is that small business Saturday? Small business Cyber Saturday. Monday, that's right. That might be, uh, you know, a bigger deal than than usual this time around, just because when we were talking to Aaron earlier, you know, he's saying that the big boys are going to be fine here. It's going to be the smaller ones who end up uh, having a difficult time, those small businesses. So, you know, if you can, if you know of one, if they've got some inventory, you know, give them some love this year. Uh, a lot of these businesses have struggled mightily. And those business, you know, all those different businesses equal jobs, too. Yeah, no, no doubt. 
Well, good deal. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening to this week's Yolitics podcast. And uh, if you haven't done your shopping, you might want to think about it after doing this because I'm clearly going to do that. And uh, you know, the corn dog ale is not that bad, man. It's hmm. a smoked ale, but I think the aftertaste is where the corn dog comes in. So you got not... you got an aftertaste of corn dog now in your throat. Yeah, hmm. the the, uh, the the corn dog palate on this is uh, is not that bad, but the aftertaste is where you actually get it. I think you're a terrible salesman for that because uh, uh, yeah, that doesn't I, I, sound I good. <laughs> It's like the funnel I'll, cake beer. And you know what? what? What beer are you drinking for uh, for Thanksgiving? I probably won't drink any beer for Thanksgiving. Wow. Um, I, you know, it'll be something. I, I have eggnog. Uh, wow. And, oh, and, yeah, because that has no calories. And I that. usually yeah, that, make... That's what you want. I usually make the eggnog like my uh, wonderful late grandmother did, where she would say... Uh, hey, the eggnog's over there. I, I put just a little bit. It was always the key words. A li- just a little bit of whiskey in it. And, I mean, you walk over toward it. And, first of all, you notice that, like, the paint on the wall near it is peeling. And, like, the fumes hit you about five feet out. And you go, no, you didn't put just a little bit. But, man, that was a, little, a good. Put uh, a little bit of the egg dog in the whiskey, probably. That's yes, what it was. You drink you know? with much moderation when it's made yeah. like that. But uh, So I'll probably whip up something like that, throw a little bit of nutmeg into it, and be golden. Nice. I, I, I ran to the store today and uh, I saw that somebody, I can't remember who it was, it's a local Texas brewer though, is making a pecan pie beer. Hmm. Sounds a little sweet. Didn't get it. I mean, there's it was a six pack and I, I didn't know if I could invest in a full six pack of it, but um, I, I would definitely try one. So if they sell the uh, the singles, I'll try that. Um, yeah, that's, and then that could be great, a little iffy, a little sweet. A little too Plus, sweet, I'm, maybe. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to uh, be careful about the calories. Well, you could do a half too. glass of that and a half glass of the corn dog one and kind of equal that out, you know, that sweetness a little bit. A little bit of corn dog, <laughs> a little bit of pecan pie. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you again next week. And happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.